Amen. faithful. Amen. He's faithful. Amen. <laughs> to the glory of God. To our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. To the blessed Holy Ghost that seals us. To the day of redemption, to this great pastor, Pastor Ventus, to all of the preachers of the gospel, the deacons, the officers, members and friends, to all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I've thanked Pastor privately. I want to thank him publicly for allowing me to come and to share with you these nights. I've just been so blessed to be in your presence to be in your prayers, and I pray that you will continue to hold me up in your prayers. As a matter of fact, I'm praying that revival is not ending, but beginning. Amen, amen, amen. So thank you so much for allowing me to come and share my convictions about our Christ. You know, I was sitting there thinking of how preaching has always been woven into the very fabric of the new mission, Missionary Baptist Church. Amen. You, you, you can look back historically, and preaching has always been strongly associated with this church. Amen. Amen. And its strength has always been founded on and in preaching. Amen. I don't know all the names, but I remember a George Q. Brown. <laughs> Amen. One of the preachingest men God ever put on this earth. You know I remember a Dr. Robert Smith Jr. Amen. Who the world is still discovering. Amen. So I'm just honored to be here tonight. Just honored to be here tonight. And I want to thank Pastor again and thank you for allowing me to come. I'm honored to have my sister with me tonight. Mr. Mamie Harris, always a joy to have her in my presence. Thank God for her tonight. Again, I'm glad to have my wife with me, and my daughter, Ebony, members of the family, and some of the members of our church family are here tonight. And I thank you so much for your, for your presence. I want to thank uh, the members of St. Mark who are here tonight, who rearranged schedules and all of those kinds of things so that they could be here tonight. Uh, I minister music, Reverend David Minor, and uh, all of the members of the choir, and thank them for their contribution uh, to this worship experience tonight. Amen. Praise God for them. Praise God for them. Amen. Amen. I, I need to compose myself tonight because um, I, I beat you to it today. <laughs> I've been shouting at home. Amen. I, I had a head start on you today. I, I've been shouting at home. Amen. I, I try not to use all my shouting up at church. I, I get happy at home by myself. 
Amen. I, I get to read the word and the Lord begins dealing with me. And I'm like my mama. My mama used to suffer from leaky eyes. And uh, I have that same malady. I start dealing with the word and start thinking about how far the Lord has brought me. The next thing I know, tears start streaming down my cheeks. So I'm already happy, so I need to compose myself tonight so as much as possible I can pass this word on to you. Amen. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, and I want to begin reading at verse number 10. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 10. And when you find it, it reads this way. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Pay particular attention to verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God, how we thank you again for another precious opportunity to gather around your word. We pray that you would give us sight and insight into your word. Again, I pray that I won't get in the way of anything that you want to do or say to your people tonight. For I know not the contents of their hearts, but you know. So we simply pray that you'll have your will and your way. And by faith, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We give you the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name and for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 Tonight, I, I ask your prayers as we consider the subject, the mystery of strength. The mystery of strength. The first time, from the very first time that I read these verses, and every subsequent time, that I've read them, I continue to be envious of Paul. Uh, just tell the plain truth about it. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. When I heard Paul say that uh, he has learned in whatsoever state he is, therewith to be content. Immediately, I became envious and jealous. And I'll explain to you why, because Paul's perspective and Paul's statement is so far beyond my reach. I, I wish, I truly wish that I were able to say that I have learned and whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. But honesty demands that I tell the truth. I'm not there. Someday I hope to be there, but I'm not there. 
when I hear Paul say, I can do all things, all things, it is reminiscent of Psalms 34 when I hear David say, I will bless the Lord. And I was all right as long as he said that. I will bless the Lord. But he lost me when he said, at all times, at all times. And again, I, I realized that I had ran into another text that helped me to understand a level of living so far beyond that which I had already reached. Amen. And so when I read Paul's words, I, I found myself saying, what a marvelous statement for an individual to be able to make. Now, when you read this text, when you read Paul's words, at first sight, we are tempted to suppose that these words come from one who has had very little experience in the world. When, when you hear anybody say, I've learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, you are immediately tempted to say, this person ain't been through nothing. And, and, and only way in the world that a person can say that they have learned to be content in whatsoever state they're in, evidently they haven't been through much. Amen. You become tempted to think that these words come from someone whose life has been favored. Amen. A child of fortune. Uh, somebody in today's vernacular that we would say is born with a silver spoon uh, in their mouth. Someone who has never known want or lack. Amen. But uh, when, we, when we look closer, closer consideration removes each of these suppositions. Closer consideration causes us to understand that we are face to face with a man who is in prison and bound to a Roman soldier. We, we are hearing words who come from a man who has actually experienced the whole gamut of human experience. He, he suffered shipwreck. He's been beaten three times severely. Amen with 39 strikes. He's been beaten and left for dead. Amen. So much so that he had to be lowered over the city gates, left for dead. Amen. We are, we are hearing the words of one who day and night uh, is suspended on a plank as a result of a stormy sea. Amen. So we are hearing words from one who has gone through all kinds of things. And yet through all of these beatings and all of his experiences, he is now on death row. He's sitting in a prison cell six by six in dimension, having to eat his food from a bowl that's part of the molding of the floor. He has to eat from a bowl that contains all kinds of 
all kinds of horrible ingredients that run through it. And here he is living in this dark, damp environment of a six by six prison cell, taking the time now to write a letter of encouragement to the Christians in Philippi. While in negative situations himself, he reaches beyond himself to write a letter of encouragement to the church at Philippi. Understand, he's in a rat and roach infested prison and he is still writing words of life. He is in bondage. He can no longer come and go as he pleases. He is in bondage, but he never got negative. He never stopped giving. He never stopped pouring out his life. Amen. He remained a man who was always committed to God and committed to those of the kingdom of God. So when we read these words and we look and listen to the fact that he says, I know how to endure abundant fullness. And then we see him descend to the other arena or the other extreme. He says, I know not only how to deal with abundant fullness, but I know how to deal with the most abject want. Amen. Amen. He, he, he is there, and I discovered how he's doing it because he says, I imitate Christ. He's an imitator of Christ. Listen to what he says. He says, I know how. I know how to be a base, and I know also how to abound. Paul is living with an experiential faith experiential faith. He is one who stands firm in the Lord. Now when I heard him say, I know how, I immediately began to understand that he's speaking from the arena of confidence. Amen. And it reminded me of that verse in Hebrews that says, cast not away therefore your confidence for it hath great recompense of reward. So Paul is speaking from confidence. Now, if you take the pre-word, the pre word, that presupposition off of confidence, you come up with the word con. Now, before I leave you, I want to serve notice that the devil is a con man. Huh? He's, a, he's a con man. And, and if, you, if you are not careful, the devil, the con man, will try to deal with your condition. He's, he's a con man. Anybody know he's a con man? He'll, he will try to tamper with your condition. And if you're not careful, he'll throw you into convulsions. Amen because he's a con man. And then he'll go further than that and try to convince you that you have not been converted. Amen. He's a con man. 
He's a con man. He's a con man. And then he'll try to tell you that your life is out of control. Because he's a con man. He, he's a con man. He will try to make you lose all constraint. Amen. And try to get you to the point where you forget that you are under construction. He is a con man. And if you've had any dealing with him, you understand that he is always trying to convince us that God does not love us simply because he's a con man. Listen again to what Paul says. He says, I know how. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. He says, in everything. And in all circumstances have I learned the secret both to be filled and to be hungry, both to abound and to be in want. Amen. And so it is after very profound experiences of the extremes of life and all of the variations between that the Apostle Paul makes this bold and confident assertion. I can do all things. Amen. I can do all things. Can I, let me put a nickel in this meter and stop here just a minute. Because there is something that is happening to us as a result of our culture. The dominant pattern of our culture is to take us from self-denial to self-obsession. Amen. Amen. To take us from self-giving to self-concern. Amen. And here we are today caught up in 2015, Pastor Ventus, and we are so concerned with being somebody. Amen. We, all of us, want to be somebody. A amen. Now, now let, me, let me tell you what the problem is with trying to be somebody. You see, when you strive to be somebody, you have to keep on proving that you are somebody huh mm -hmm. but now listen when you settle for being nobody you don't have to prove it at all huh can I tell you today that God is on the search looking for some nobodies you, you see one of the problems of our contemporary church is we got stars, huh? Instead of servant, huh? Now, now, if you really want to understand that, when you when you take the word star, spell it backwards. See what it reveals. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we. We have gotten caught up trying to be somebody. A amen, 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 amen. Now, Paul asked this question. He says, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, then why are you boasting about it? A amen, amen, amen. And, and so 
What we find so admirable about Paul is that he's been set free from the addition of this, this idea of saving himself. Amen. Paul is free from himself. You know, some people in the church, Pastor Ventus, are so worried about being misused till they won't be used at all. Huh? Yeah. He, Paul, Paul, Paul is being set free. He is not fearful of being misused. Amen. He is into servanthood. He's into dedication. He's not worried about loss or gain. Amen. And that's why he is able to make this assertion, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Amen. And then in Philippians chapter 2, before we get to Philippians chapter 4, he says to the church, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and humbled himself even unto the death of the cross and being found in fashion. As a man, he humbled himself. Oh, my brothers and my sisters. And so he is here, a tremendous example for us when he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And you remember that Jesus had this problem with the disciples. There they are the night before crucifixion. And they were in the upper room. They're there for the last supper. Jesus is trying to cause them to understand what a critical time it is for them. He knows that the next day he has to face the cross. But there they are in the upper room arguing over who's going to be the greatest. <laughs> uh, the mother of James and John comes to Jesus and said, now listen, you know I got two fine boys here. And, and, and when you enter into your kingdom, let one sit on your left hand and, and one sit on your right. Now, Jesus, sensing the confusion in the room, said, listen, is it a bucket in here? Uh, find me a buckle and bring me a towel. Because I want to reveal to you, I want to show you what true leadership is about. And the Bible says that he got up and he began to disrobe and put a towel on him and then he went around and washed the disciples dirty feet and so to cause us to understand that it's not the title takers that god is looking for he's looking for the towel takers those who will humble themselves to be used of god amen 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 and so paul causes us to understand that to be superior to every need, to be able to bear prosperity without pride and adversity without an attitude, to feel that there is no earthly circumstance that can disturb the soul from its equilibrium in God. Paul has prepared himself to be of service. Let the church say service. Amen. It's not a bad word. It's a, it's a 
good word. See, if you are a member of St. Mark, God didn't send you to St. Mark to sit. If you are a member of New Mission, God didn't send you to New Mission to sit. Amen. We have confused the word service, and we think it serve us. Amen. Amen. He, he wants us to be servants. As a matter of fact, he says, he that would be great amongst you, and let him be your servant. Amen. Now, there are all kinds of services to be done. There are some services that are easy. There are some services that are difficult. There are some services that will bring you honor. There are some services that will bring you reproach. There are some services that will cause you to please Christ and please yourself. And then there are some services that you cannot please Christ without denying yourself. So there are all kinds of services in the church. Amen. And so Paul, Paul has reached a position. He's unafraid of the mountains. He's unfazed by the valleys. He refuses to be conquered by lesser forces. And he never places his safety in the hands of men. He says, I'm in prison, but I've got hope. I'm in prison, and he has Pastor Venter's favorite word, expectation. He says, even if I'm in bondage today, I still have expectation. I've got an expectation, expectation of favorable change. Now, to understand that when Paul says favorable, he's not talking advantageous. He's also able to say, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He says, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. He wants us to be able to be brought into a place where we can transform the atmosphere of everything we go through. Amen. Paul was in bondage, but he never let bondage get in him. Amen, 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 amen. You got to be careful of that one. In our vestibule at the church, we used to have a sign that said, if you save, tell your face. Huh? Come on, come here a minute. I'm, I'm looking at you tonight. I want to ask you, will you lend your neighbor a smile? Uh, come on, come on. Look at the person next to you. Give them a smile, will you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, the sign, if you are saved, tell your face. In other words, if you are saved, face it. Face it. A amen. Uh, sometimes when the preacher is preaching, I know it happens here at New Mission because it happens at St. Mark. Sometimes when the preacher is preaching, he wants to give several benedictions. A amen. He wants to come out of the pulpit, tap certain people on the shoulder and say, God be with you till we meet again. <laughs> huh? Yeah, if God has done something for you, you ought to look like it. 
Listen, I, I discovered a long time ago, it's one thing for the devil to mess with you, but it's another thing for you to advertise the devil. Paul, Paul is in bondage, but he says us to know that because you're in bondage does not mean you got to let bondage get in you. See, I believe I've got this philosophy that the worse things are, the louder you ought to holler. Yeah, huh? The worse things are, you ought to be one of the nauseous folk in church. Yeah, when you've had a bad Sunday, you ought to make the people on your row want to get up and move. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Glory to his name! Oh, yeah. You see, you keep on telling God thank you, and after a while, you lose sight of the sorrow that you brought in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, because you're in bondage doesn't mean that you have to let bondage get in you. Amen. See the, see the church ought to be a resistance movement. Huh? <laughs> huh? The people of God ought to be engaged in a resistance movement. I heard the Bible says resist the devil. Didn't he say that? Resist the devil. Submit yourself unto God and the devil will flee from you. Yeah, I know you got some problems, and I know you're going through some things, but you don't have to advertise it. Amen, amen, amen. So Paul says that he has a sense of power that is able to cause him to laugh at impossibilities, to sing in adversity, to help the weak, and to strengthen others. Amen. Now, he is in a situation where you would think that he would need every bit of the power he has to sustain himself. But Paul teaches us something. He says, you get better when you help other folk. Yeah, he, he says, you get stronger when you become concerned about other folk. Amen. 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 And so when we look at Paul and when we wonder where this strength comes, Paul says it is given in these words. He says, in him that strengtheneth me. Amen. Amen. Paul would have us to understand that he is involved in an unwearying persistence. Amen as a follower of Christ. And he says the secret to overcoming life is this strength that is available to us. But now listen, Paul said you gotta understand that this strength is not given to us in a lump sum. Don't, don't you wish that God would give you strength in a lump sum? Huh? So, 
so you could get up every day and just break off a little piece and take it and make it through the day. <laughs> but God doesn't give you this strength in a lump sum to draw from as we choose. It's a life. And it's only to be obtained so long as we are in living union with its source. Amen. Amen. See, all of us, all of us ought to be trying to live that song, Nearer My God to Thee. Especially in 2015. Listen, in 2015, if you leave the house and make it back safe, it's praise and worship time. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's praise and worship time. Amen. So it's a living union with Christ that gives us this strength. That's why you can't wait till Sunday to praise him. Amen, amen. Can't, can't, can't wait till the choir sings to have your own song. Huh? Can't, can't wait to the preacher preaches to hear a word from the law. Because huh? Mondays can be mighty rough. And, and Tuesdays ain't much better. And Wednesdays can seem like it's going to run you crazy. Amen. Sometimes you're in a hurry for Sunday to come. Amen. Amen. And so we have to have a living union with Christ. For without him, we can do nothing. But while we are abiding in him, then nothing is impossible. You see, the one purpose of our life should be to remain in living and intense union with Christ. On guard against everything that would break it. I, I've discovered, I've discovered that every day you have to be on guard. Don't ever drop your guard. Don't ever think you so saved and so holy and so sanctified. Amen. Listen, the devil got some stuff out there, child. Huh? I, I know you holy. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know you holy and you've been on this journey quite a while. But I said the devil got some stuff out there for you. We live in a beautiful world, but it's a dangerous place. Amen. Amen. And so we have to remain connected. Not only do we have to have a close union with him, but we have to work daily to enlarge that union. Amen. 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 Now, there are some times, see, we go by feeling. But listen, you won't always be able to feel his presence. Amen. But listen, when you can't feel his presence, you can find him present. Because his presence is his promise. I, I, I heard him say, Lo, I'm with you. Huh? Always even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. So, so the only way you grow stronger, amen, is first of all to use the strength that you already have. Amen. 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 To use the strength that you already have. 
you have to use the strength that you already have to get some more strength. Amen. The only way that you get greater strength is to exercise the strength that you already have and then comes more. Amen. Or whenever we are more than usually aware of our weakness, amen, all we have to do is to look up. Amen. And God will replenish our strength. I heard one of my favorite preachers say that God will allow much to get on your trail, but he'll never allow too much to get on your trail. Amen. Amen. So he will see to it that there is no temptation that we cannot master, no privation that we cannot patiently bear, no difficulty with which we cannot cope, no work which we cannot perform, and no confession or testimony that we cannot make if only our souls are living in healthy union with Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, as thy days are, so shall thy strength be. Amen. I found that to be true. Amen. And all you have to do is just look back on your life. Amen. All of us have a history with God. Come on, hasn't he been good? Come on now. Hasn't he been good? Huh? As a matter of fact, he's been better than good. Yes, he has. All of us have a history with him. Which is where we get that song from. My soul looks back and wonder how I got over. A lot of people don't understand when they get in a situation and suddenly find themselves that they are about to give out. And the minute when it seems like they are about to give out, they experience a renewal of strength. Amen. They don't even know where it came from. I I'm talking about that peace, that passive. <laughs> All understanding. Ha have you been so happy you couldn't understand it? Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about when, when you look at your situation, Financially, when you look at your situation, emotionally, when you look at your situation mentally, and there you are praising God, there you are thanking God, ain't got a dime in your pocket, bills due and overdue, don't know how you gonna make it, and there you are saying hallelujah anyhow. Lord, have mercy. Yeah. You, you don't even know where you get your strength from. Amen. And all you can say, two of the sweetest words in the Bible are, but God. I, I don't know how I made it here, but God. When I needed him and felt like I couldn't go any further, but God, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I was in between a rock and a hard place. But God, yeah, yeah. When I didn't know which way to turn, all 
I can say is, but God. <laughs> yeah, but, but God. <laughs> yeah. You see what happens? What happens is we exchange one type of strength for another. That, that's Isaiah 40 and 31. They <laughs> that wait upon the Lord shall, shall, now one version says, shall, shall renew their strength. I like another version that says, shall exchange their strength. God says, give me your stuff and you take mine. It's the same way when he says, come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Amen. 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 So the apostle glories in the thing that reminds him of his helplessness and his weakness. Amen. Amen. You remember one chapter in his life, and then I'm going to leave you alone. There was an important chapter in his life. He says that there was given unto him a messenger of Satan to buffet him day and night. Lord have mercy. He says, so I went to the Lord in prayer, and I said, Lord, because I know you can, I'm going to ask you to move this thing. Amen. He says, now, if you want me to serve you and you want my life to be your life, then I'm going to ask that you remove this thorn from me. And God said, Paul, that's a good idea, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. He says, but if I move the thorn at the same time, I move your blessing. So what I'm going to do instead of moving it, I'm going to leave it right where it's at and show you how to live with it to show you that you can still be everything that I want you to be with the thorn. I'm going to show you that I can give you thorn power. I'm going to show you that I can cause you to overcome with the burden, with the thorn. And at the end of his journey, Paul says, for I can look back over my life and say I have fought a good fight with my thorn. I have finished my course with my thorn. I made it. I stayed in the race. Me and my thorn. I was an overcomer. Me and my thorn. I ran with the thorn. What God didn't move, he helped me to handle. What God didn't change, he helped me to overcome. What God didn't deliver me from, he gave me power, power to overcome it in the name of Jesus. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, that's enough. <laughs> That's enough. I'm just trying to tell you that he's able, he's able, ain't he able? Anybody know? He's able, he's got all power, 
Can I give my testimony? Every once in a while, <laughs> I have to pull it out. <laughs> it was 2005. <laughs> I came home from church. My wife said to me, she said, uh, I need to talk with you. The grandchildren were at the house. So she told them, I'm, you all stay up here. and I need to talk. My grandchildren called me Big Daddy. <laughs> so I need to talk to Big Daddy. You all stay up here. She came downstairs. I'm in my office working on the final draft of my sermon for the next day. She came to me and she said, listen, the doctor said it's cancer. Hmm? The doctor said it's cancer. Everything came to a screeching halt. <laughs> Everything came to a stop. Cancer. That word. Nobody wants to hear cancer. I called my brother. I said, bruh, I just got some bad news. I said, what's the matter, boy? I said, well, the doctor said I've got cancer. He said, what you gonna do? I said, well, for about 25 years now, I've been telling folk that God is able. Except for 25 years, I've been telling folk that God is at his best when things are worse. For 25 years, I've been telling folk that if you trust him and don't doubt, the Lord will not only bring you over, but he'll bring you out. Yeah. So I told my brother, I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I've been preaching to other folk. But now it's time for me to get personal. Yeah, I got to preach to me now. Lord, have mercy. So the next day I went on to church, preached my sermon and came on home. My wife and I, we went to the doctor to get a second opinion. We drove all the way to Detroit. They gave me an examination 
And they said, now, what we need you to do is to lose 100 pounds in a month. Do you think you can do that? I said, well, I'll do the best I can. I came home, and about a month later, I had lost about 30-some pounds. We went back to Detroit for the surgery. But on the way up the road, my wife kept telling me, baby, on the way back, we're going to be telling glory stories. Lord, have mercy. So we went to the hospital, and the doctors were trying to be kind. They really didn't think the surgery would be successful because I was still too large. Lord have mercy. They prepped me and took me into the surgical room. Oh, yes, they did. Perform the surgery. And the next day, I woke up and the doctor told me, you hold the title. You are the largest man that we've ever done this surgery on. I'm under anesthesia and I'm laying on the bed. But when he told me that the surgery was successful, the anesthesia couldn't keep me from praising God. I laid there on my bed and I said, what a mighty, oh, what a mighty, God, we serve. Lord, have mercy. And it wasn't long after that that when I came home, I'd been riding the crest of the wave ever since. I've got joy like I've never had before. I've got peace like I've never had before. Because I found out he is an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. He'll be there when you need him. He'll make a way out of no way. Oh, yes, he will. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. That's the mystery of strength. When it comes, you don't know how it came. When it comes, you don't know when it came. If it don't come when you want it, he may not come when you want it, but he's always on time. You just trust in him. You just lean on him. You just depend on him. And he will make a way. What it don't move, he'll help you to overcome. Yes, he will. I wish I had a witness in here. 
that he will make it all right. Yeah. 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 That's the mystery of strength. That his strength, listen. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah. His strength. Isn't that amazing? Is made strong when you're weak. Right when you reach the point. God, I can't take no more. I can't take nothing else. If you don't give me a breakthrough, I'm going to have a breakdown. I need you now. And God says, you're right where I wanted you to be. I've been waiting on you to get to that point. I've been waiting on you to get to that point. As long as you think you can handle it. As long as you think you can make your own way. God will stand back and say, go right ahead. Go right ahead. But when you have the wisdom, the understanding to know, if it was not, For the Lord on my side, where would I be? That's the mystery. That's the mystery of strength. God is at his best when things are at their worst. Amen. A little bit of this. Of life. Get to raging. All I need you to do is stand by me. When, 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 when the storms of life of raging that's the time I need you to stand by me oh yes When the wind, wind, wind is waves 
is tossing me. And I feel like, like a ship yes, on an angry sea. You know what I tell him? Thou who rulest, who rulest wind and water. What I need you to do, what I need you to do, uh, what I need you to do, stand by me. <laughs> 